Grandstand Netball. The Netball Show on ABC Grandstand Digital. Good afternoon and welcome to the Netball Show on ABC Grandstand Digital. I'm Anthony Tucker and after tonight's game in New Zealand between the Mainland Tactics and Northern Mystics, there were just five rounds to go before the finals in the Trans-Tasman Trophy. Round nine started on Anzac Day with the New South Wales Swifts having an excellent 13-goal win over the Southern Steel in Canberra. The Melbourne Vixens stayed top of the ladder after winning their fifth game in a row with a 52-40 victory over the Central Pulse in New Zealand. The Firebirds moved into fourth spot with a comfortable seven-goal victory over the West Coast Fever, and the reigning champion Adelaide Thunderbirds had a heartbreaking one-goal loss to the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic in New Zealand, their fifth loss in a row. The latter with one game to go in round nine sees the Melbourne Vixens on top with 14 points from the Magic, who are also on 14. Next comes the Swifts with 10 points, with the Queensland Firebirds rounding out the top four, also on 10. The Central Pulse did a game out of the top four on eight points, then come the Fever, Steel, Thunderbirds and Mystics all on six points, with the mainland tactics stuck at the bottom with just one win and two competition points. Today I'll chat with young Queensland Firebirds star Kim Revalian and Australian netball legend Catherine Cox. But first of all, the Sydney Swifts have had a cruel run with injuries in 2014, but they've managed to dig deep and sit in third spot with a 5-3 and three record. They've called upon a number of players to fill the void, including my next guest, Sarah Wall, who came in when Paige Hadley was struck down with a season-ending knee injury. Sarah, thanks for joining me on ABC Grandstand today and tell us what it was like to play on Anzac Day in Canberra. Yeah, look, it was just an amazing um, experience to be out there on court on such a day that's so special to our nation and um, we spoke a lot about it leading into the game and to, to be actually playing in Canberra in front of a home crowd and, and to to be part of the halftime and, and the pre-game um, celebrations. Yeah, it's very, very special. How do you feel about those sort of things, Sarah? Do you, um, do you, you're an emotional kind of person? Yeah, I probably am a bit, but I think even, um, you know, coming back into the competition and, uh, I mean, I just, I, I take all of this experience in and, I mean, I, I think how, I mean, lucky we are to have the country that wouldn't live in the country that we're in, but, I mean, I, I'm just grateful every day to get out on that ANZ court as well. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey, Sarah, because you started back uh, with the Melbourne Phoenix in 05 and then you've had a few ups and downs, haven't you, and travelled around the country a bit? Yeah, look, I, my um, netball journey has probably been a bit different to, uh, to many, but um, behind it all is just the fact that I love the game and I love to play at the, the top level as much as I can. And, um, yeah, started with Phoenix, um, then moved into the Melbourne, Phoenix, uh, Melbourne Vixens, uh, was part of the premiership there, which was just awesome, and had the opportunity to go to uh, Queensland and play with the Firebirds. Um, I did my knee. For the second time, so ended up coming home, being a part of the Vixens again for a few years, and and got the call up this year to be a part of the Swifts, and yeah, just so excited with it. Talking about knee injuries, the Swifts have had their fair share, haven't they, this year? Yeah, look, they have, and it just comes with the, the nature of the sport. Knee injuries are, are very common, but I think um, the Swifts have really taken on a bit of a battle with um, losing two of their gun. Um, juniors coming through the ranks, but in saying that, I mean it's it is a, just a, a one sort of season injury. They'll get back and they'll be strong as ever. We just said you've done a couple. It's amazing how many netballers do have knee injuries. It'd be interesting to see what percentage have had full knee reconstructions over their journey. Yeah, look, it really will be. But I think the key is um, the recovery and how quickly, um, you know, and, it, and it's just it's a mental journey as well, getting back from a knee injury and um, it can just improve your game out of sight because you have that time to work on a few weaknesses that um, you may, you know, come back a faster 
fit a person because you've analysed, you know, your gait pattern and things like that. So I think if you just look at all the positives and how you can recover from it. Let's get back to the game on Anzac Day. You had a good win over the Southern Steel, 65-52. to 52, Puts you in third position at this stage of the season. What was the key, do you think, to your fast start? You're up by 10 goals at quarter time. Yeah, look, we just revisited after last week um, and just, I mean, structured our game plan around um, sticking to our game, but also uh, we did quite a lot of work in the week um, about plan A and plan B of, of where we go to. Um, our defence has been amazing. Our goalers are just out of this world. They're just Their accuracy has been fantastic, and um, I just think it was a great team effort. It was a really strong defensive effort, wasn't it, especially the first three quarters? Yeah, oh, definitely. And, and to look at that, um, the target um, that the attacking end for the steel have to look down and, and they know they can give that ball up nice and high. So our girls to keep repositioning and, and play their role, that's, you know, that just put us out in front. It was awesome. I'm speaking with Sarah Wall from the New South Wales Swifts after their 13-goal win over the Southern Steel on Anzac Day. You mentioned... Your shooters, Susan Prattley and Caitlin Thwaites, they've been huge, haven't they? And as you said, their accuracy is amazing. Yeah, and it was also great to see um, all the girls get on Gretel Tippett, Carla Dewocki. So we had our, our whole goaling um, rotation on the court and, and uh, Susan and Caitlin have been awesome. They were named in the Aussie squad. Um, they're combining really well. They're um, making you know their unit really strong, which um, you know is improving week by week. I seem to have noticed this year, more than ever, there's a lot more changes being made, not so much just the seven players that started staying on the court the whole time, but bringing on interchange players. Is that uh, is that right, do you think? Yeah, look, I, I think whatever's right for the team. I think um, as well there's the belief of fresh legs and um, mixing the game up. And, I mean, it's just it's a smart move and it's it depends week by week what works. And they always say horses for courses, but um, might be, you know, a, t- a team that they put out um, isn't responding to what, you know, the amazing game they had the week before and someone else matches up a little bit better. So um, I think it's about being smart and, and being aware of those things. And with the Swift sitting in third spot, it's really been pretty amazing considering the injuries that the club has had. I mean, Shani Leighton missed a couple of games as well, hasn't she? But And also the, the knee injuries we've talked about. But you must have plenty of depth. Yeah, well, coming into the side, I've just been blown away with how they handle any sort of issue that pops up and it's a very close group of girls and I think at the end of the day um, the coaching staff um, do play their role so amazing they are very supportive and then it's about the girls getting on with the job on the day and you've got a big game coming up against the top of the table Vixens on Sunday down in Melbourne what's that going to be like going back and playing against your old club yeah, it's going to be huge because they're an awesome side and they're playing great netball. And um, for me to go home and play in Victoria um, with you know my family and friends there is very special. Um, I've been lucky; I've had um, most of my family and friends make a bit of a trip to get to the games, even up here. But uh, I think in terms of the game, we just have to get stick to our stick to our game and make sure that we yeah, just continue to do what we're doing and, and keep building because every quarter is tough netball and, and nothing comes easy in any game these days. And you mentioned there'll be plenty of flat family there that are going to come uh, to the game in Melbourne. Where are you from originally, Sarah? I'm from Camperdown, so southwest Victoria. Um, so had great support over the many years and, yeah, it'd be really exciting to see them all there. That's a good, strong uh, sporting area, I guess, down there. Is that near Warnable somewhere? Yeah, so it's um, two and a half hours out of Melbourne, um, not it's, and it's 50 minutes from Waterball. Yeah, yeah, a good, strong sporting uh, competition with the netball down there. Did you start pretty young? 
Yeah, I did, and it's um, the culture of the football netball league um, is really strong down that way. Um, I just played a lot of different sports, but netball was just what I loved. And doing my knee at 14, I didn't really play a heap of junior netball. Um, came back probably about 16, 17 and, and got into it after that. Yeah, that's very young to uh, have that knee injury, isn't it? It must have been pretty hard mentally, or is it a bit easier being younger, do you think? You think you've got, you know, it's not, you've got plenty of time in front of you, I guess? Yeah, probably. I think um, I, I was lucky I had a really supportive family, but it taught me that there's um, more to life than sport and netball, and to focus on my studies, I think that was probably a blessing in disguise for me because I am very um, passionate about the game, so uh, maybe it was um, a hidden yeah, blessing in disguise. And Sarah, what uh, do you do uh, outside of netball? Uh, so three years ago, I started my own company um, called Genie Boy. I've got a teaching qualification um, that I continue to do while I launched. It's a netball accessory label and later um, created a Genie Boy Netfit, so a, um, a netball gym class. So that's been keeping me really busy, especially last year in the off-season, not playing ANZ level. Um, so I've been going out to netball clubs and schools all over Australia, running these classes and, yeah, just um, loving it, to be honest. Sarah Wall from the New South Wales Swifts. Well, the Queensland Firebirds had a very important 51-44 win over the West Coast Fever yesterday. And one of their stars is Australian representative player Kim Revellian. And Kim joins me on the show now. Kim, thanks for your time. The win was set up by an excellent first half, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was a great first half by the girls. I mean, we all stuck to the game plan and did what the coach ordered. And I guess that gave us that head start going into the second half. I guess the Fever are the kind of team, Kim, you've got to have to beat, aren't you, to make the finals? They're around about the same mark as you. Yeah, so it was a very important game for us yesterday to, you know, um, you know, get that fourth position. And, um, yeah, so winning yesterday was great. And what about the Australian shooting combination of Caitlin Bassett and Nat Medhurst? You must have been really proud of your defensive end there to keep them just 44 goals. Yeah, so I'm lucky enough to have, you know, Laura Gart, the Australian captain in our team. And the amount of work and pressure she puts on those shooters is, amazing with the help of Claire McMinimum I mean their defensive combination is so vital to our team and we're so lucky to have them as part of the Firebirds. She's a star isn't she Laura obviously but eight deflections yesterday she really makes it tough and what what is the key to her game is it is it just the way she reads the play? Um, she's just dogged she's got great footwork and you know really knows how to get around those shooters bodies and just get those deflections for us on us centre quarters on the outside and to gain those pickups but she just you know, works 100% and, you know, she doesn't give up to the last whistle. And also, I guess it's got to be all-court defence, isn't it? And even Ramelda Aiken, who shot 32 goals yesterday, she's an amazing shooter, obviously, but she had an interception and seven rebounds and, and a few deflections herself as well. So is that something you really work hard on, being all-court defensive pressure? Yeah, definitely. Rosalie Jenke drills in the defensive drills with us. You know, full-court defence. There's not only the defenders on the court. We're all defenders and we're all attackers. So, you know, we really got to all do our job and really own up against all our opponents. So if we're all doing our own job, then we're doing what the coaches ask. Yeah, that's good. You've got to keep in the coaches' good books, obviously, Kim. Now, speaking with Kim Revallion from the Queensland Firebirds after their seven-goal win over West Coast Fever yesterday, putting the Firebirds in fourth spot on the Trans-Tasman Trophy ladder. Kim, I just wanted to ask you uh, about the next couple of weeks. You've got the tactics at home, then the Thunderbirds away. Of course, the Thunderbirds are having a pretty poor run at the moment. Five losses in a row. Almost got over the line yesterday over in New Zealand. They're two big games, aren't they? Set your season up with a bye after that. 
Yeah, so tactics next week down in the Gold Coast. Um, should be a good one, but, you know, we don't take any team lightly. We go 100% against all teams, and coming up against the Thunderbirds, I mean, we still haven't beaten them. Last year we lost against them in the grand final, and they've still beaten us in the um, rounds this year. So it'll be good to, you know, finally, well, hopefully get a win over them. So, you know, we've got to take every team hard. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, it's such an even competition, isn't it? What about uh, your form this season, Kim? Have you been happy the way you've been going and your improvement? Um, yeah, I've been you know, up and down. But, I mean, it is my second year and people have started to work me out, but, you know, it's only a challenge for me and I'm really ready to step up and, you know, take up those challenges. But, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how I'm going so far. Any parts of your game you really try and focus on or just all round? Just all round, you know, just tight defence and really focusing on every opponent I come up against and listening to my coaches and what they say and just taking on taking everything on board and doing the best that I can. Do you do much work on the opposition or do you try and concentrate more on your game or do you study tape and that sort of thing of who you're playing against in the next game? Oh, I definitely study the person I'm um, playing up against. I mean, I, I focus on everything that I'm doing, you know, with agility, um, vertical jump and you know, my attacking skills, defending skills, but when it comes to versing another team, I'm really focused on my opponent and how to stop her. You obviously do a lot of uh, running, a lot of uh, balance and agility work, you just said. Then what about weights and that sort of thing? Because it's such a tough game at the moment. Uh, you just see the games are pretty rough, even, uh, you'd have to say. Now, um, do you have to do much sort of weight work as well for that strong sort of core and that sort of thing? Yeah, definitely. So we're in the gym about three times a week, <laughs> and Brindley, our body, our strength and conditioning coach, really drills in those weights to us. He says... You know, you guys are going to lift like men. <laughs> so we are lifting the big weights in the gym. And as you said, the game is getting real physical. But, you know, it's a part of it now. And you just got to toughen up and really take it on. It's great. <laughs> are, you, are you a beast in the gym, Kim? You're pushing out the big weights, are you? <laughs> oh, look, I like to think I'm a beast. But, you know, I try my best to think that I'm lifting huge. But, yeah, <laughs> I give it a go. Oh, good. And it's going to be a big week coming up, May 5 to 7, with the camp in Canberra, the squad of 18 has been named. You're in that. Congratulations, of course, first of all, on that. It's going to be an amazing three days, I'm sure. What can you expect at this camp? Thank you, first of all. And, um, you know, I don't know what I'm going to expect at this camp. There's obviously a few new girls in the centre court to, you know, suss out. But, you know, I'm just going to give it my best shot. And it'll be good to work with, you know, those top elite athletes again. And, yeah, fingers crossed that I make that Commonwealth Games team. Kim Rebellion from the Queensland Firebirds. Coming up next, I'll speak with Aussie netball royalty, Catherine Cox. G'day, Barry Nichols here from ABC Grandstand Digital's 110%. Join me for a look at every sport beyond the boundary as each week my special guests and I will bring you information from inside sporting clubs, supporter groups and the latest sporting news. You can also listen to previous episodes on the ABC Grandstand website at abc.net.au slash grandstand. ABC's Grandstand, on radio, online and on digital radio. This is the Netball Show on ABC Grandstand Digital and online. This is the Netball Show with Anthony Tucker on ABC Grandstand Digital. You're listening to the Netball Show on ABC Grandstand Digital with Anthony Tucker. Australian netball legend Catherine Cox recently announced her retirement after a stellar career and her vixens are on top of the ladder with just five games to go this season. Welcome to ABC Grandstand, Catherine. And that was a huge win in New Zealand over the Pulse on the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, my pleasure. No, it was a fantastic win. It's um, it's 
you know, tough to play every week against different opposition, particularly when you go from an Australian team to a New Zealand team and to have to travel to New Zealand to do it. But um, it was it was a great win for us. We were focusing on what we needed to do and, and continuing to build towards the finals. Obviously, Anzac Day is a massive day in Australia and New Zealand and also on the sporting landscape, especially in the AFL. But it's been good to see netball played now as well on Anzac Day and you guys are over in New Zealand for that day. Yeah, it was fantastic. And we had the last post play before the game, um, you know, just to, I guess, take a moment to think about the important things in life. And, you know, sometimes we think netball's the be-all and end-all, but it just puts it all in perspective. And what about the game? The second term was really where you, you took the game away from the post, scoring 18 goals to 10. What uh, led to that sort of uh, good play, do you think? Oh, look, the defensive end was outstanding. Um, the Pulse team have Donna Wilkins and, and Irene Van Dyke in that attack end, two of the best shooters to ever play the game and, you know, both represented New Zealand stacks of times and been to the big events and really experienced players. So to shut them both down, I think, was a um, a big part of, of winning the game. Um, and Bianca and Jeeva did a, a fantastic job in doing that. We'll have a chat about uh, your retirement, what you got planned for the future a bit later, Catherine, if that's OK. I want to ask you about uh, a couple of the girls that are playing in around your position, Karen Bailey and Tegan Corbell. Tegan was player of the match yesterday. What have you seen in their development this year? Oh, look, Karen in particular, I, I think she's just having a phenomenal season. She's always been a, a really strong, um, I guess, focal point in that shooting circle. But I think this year she's just taken another step. Um, for me, I would pick her in the Aussie team. I think she's in form. I think she's shown what she's capable of against every team um, and all the best defenders in the competition. So, you know, I just, I just think you have to put her in there. You've got to give her a go. Um, and she's certainly one, you know, she's only 27, so she's certainly one that's going to be around for a while. Um, and same with Tegan. I mean, Tegan's really dedicated herself to the Aussie team and what's, what is involved in getting there. Um, she's doing all the shooting required of her and she's really putting in all the effort. So you're seeing that on court. You're seeing, you know, those high shooting percentages she's been giving every week. And, um, you know, she'll be, I guess, a, a really good chance of making the team as well. I'll have to ask this one, Catherine. How do you go just watching from the sidelines when you can't get on the court sometimes at the moment? Oh, look, it, it is what it is. Um, it is frustrating, sure, because, you know, I've always been on court. Um, I think, you know, at the start of the year when I didn't get on court this year was the first time I hadn't been on court in a game in about 18 seasons. So it was a first for me, but um, it is what it is. And, and as I said, you know, at the start of the year, I didn't expect to be on. Um, Tegan and Karen have built such a great combination and it is hard to get a combination going and that natural understanding with players around you. So I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, the first one on court necessarily. Um, I guess what I do have to do is just make the most of my opportunities when I get them. I'm speaking with Australian netball legend Catherine Cox, who's playing for the Vixens this season. They're sitting on top of the ladder. I guess it's nice, though, to see these players come through, but the competitor within you wants to be on there all the time, as you said. But when you have come on, you've made a real impact. Yeah, well, and I guess that's what my job is. You know, Simone's constantly saying to me, I know it's tough for you and I appreciate everything you're giving to the team and we're going to need you. We, there are games that we're going to need you on the court. And, you know, I know that. Combinations don't, no matter how good they are, don't always, um, you know, play the best against certain other defensive duos. I mean, that's always been the, the way in my career. I've been benched many a time for just a mix-up in, um, in players. So, yes, it's going to happen at some stage. And as I said, I just need to be ready to come on and have a go. And, you know, I love a challenge. So coming on against the Swifts recently when we were down by six was, was awesome. That really, you know, that's the sort of environment that I love to play in. Well, what about retirement? Well, you've made the announcement. There's four games to go in this season plus finals. I mean, when you made the announcement, what was the feeling? Was it was it sadness? Was it relief or, or a combination of both? 
Oh, look, probably a little bit more relief than anything. It had been something I'd been thinking about for quite a while. It hadn't just been a last-minute decision. Um, And I guess just saying it out loud just, you know, lifts that weight off your shoulders. And, um, you know, training's tough. Um, I'm not getting any younger, and it it is hard. And, you know, I want to do the absolute best I can. But um, just thinking ahead of how many more years I could do it, you know, I started to wonder if I could actually give my all to my to my team every single training session. Having made the decision, I know I can now because there's an end point. But it's just time for me. You know, I'm 38 um, in a couple of weeks and I, I'm just really excited about what else I can do with my life. It's, it's weird to think at 38 I'm starting a career when most people are well and truly into theirs. Well, most elite athletes say that they know when the time is right. Was it as simple as that for you that it just felt like, as you said, with the training that you're just not sure if you could go on any further and, and this was the right time? Yeah, I mean, as I said, it was something I'd been thinking about and I'd spoken to a few people about it and they said, and you know, if you're only thinking about it and you haven't made the decision, then it's probably not time. There will definitely be a moment when you just think, yeah, I'm ready. And, and I had that moment. Um, and it was it was a moment of excitement for me because it was, oh my gosh, I'm going to move on to something else and I'm going to do something else with my life. And that is really exciting to me. That's the main reason for the decision. It's just that, um, you know, it's time to, to move on to other things and I'm really excited about what they may be. What might they be, Catherine? Have you got something planned or are you just uh, working on it? Are you going to go with uh, Nat Von Berto and uh, Catherine Harvey and do some uh, do some commentary maybe? Now, that is the million-dollar question, isn't it? What am I going to do? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. You know, I may um, I may do some commentary stuff, but I you know, I would dearly love to stay in the game. Uh, obviously, it's the thing I know the best, um, having done it for so long, and it's the thing I love. So, um, you know, if there's a role doing something, might be coaching, might be a bit of commentary, I don't know at this stage. But, um, you know, Netball Australia have been very forward in saying they want me to stay involved in the sport. And that, to me, is fabulous news. You know, I'd really love to be there as well. So we'll just see what happens at the end of the season. The uh, the squad of 18 has been named for uh, the Commonwealth Games. They've got to whittle that down to 12. That's going to be a pretty tough task, isn't it? Oh, huge task. You know, if I look at those players, from, from my mind, I think there's five definites. Um, in that selection, and the rest is completely up in the air. You know, there's players that are in form, but, um, you know, there's players that haven't been tested in, in big arenas. So who knows what the selectors are going to do, but it will be very, very interesting times uh, come, what, I think a week's time. We all know it's going to be Australia and New Zealand in the final. It'll be a miracle if it wasn't. Uh, do you think we can win the gold medal? Do you know what? I don't know that it is going to be a complete match. Okay. Jamaica, uh, you know, they've got some players that have been playing over here in the ANZ Champs for ages and doing exceptionally well. And England. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many players over here playing in the ANZ Championships at the moment from that English team, and they are just getting better and better every single week. So it's going to be a tough one to get there. Um, you know, that's half the challenge is actually getting through that gold medal game, and then you almost take a, a sigh of relief. Um, but again, you know, I guess it depends on, on the team that's picked and, and what they're capable of, but I'm extremely confident that no matter what team of players is picked, they're going to be successful. There's, um, there's just so much talent in Australian netball at the moment. There certainly is. It's been a little bit of elusive, hasn't it, the, the Commonwealth Games? So it's, it's going to be a massive uh, tournament, that's for sure. As you said, it's hard to, to get through. Do you think uh, those players from England and Jamaica, that's a, a major reason they're playing in this competition? Oh, look, I mean, they're competitive people. They want to be involved in the best competition in the world. So, yeah, they put their hand up to be over here. Um, I think it's great for the ANZ Championship. Not so great for Australia or New Zealand (laughs) when you're making these players better and they're sending them home. But 
you know, that's that's what the great thing is about netball is we support each other and we just want everyone to improve and um, it just means that the competition on the whole is going to be so much more um, competitive and, and so much better to watch. So, yeah, I can't wait to watch some netball during the Commonwealth Games. I think it's going to be amazing. Hey, Catherine, thanks so much for your time today. Just one last one. You just mentioned how you like to support each other as netballers. I find it it's totally different to watching the AFL or a male sport. Is that just because women are nicer than men? Or I just watch when you when you get into that when you get in that circle at the end of the game, it's something quite unique. Yeah, well, we, women are definitely nicer. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's got nothing to do with sport. No, look, I mean, we are, we are friends off the court and I think, you know, that's where it shows. We, we go on the court and we bash each other up if that's what's needed to, to win a game and then at the end it's just, you know, you move on and you're friends again. But someone actually did say that to me the other day that they find it quite humorous that we give each other a kiss before or after a game and, you know, and hug and all that sort of thing. But it is a game of netball um, and as we are talking about before with the whole Anzac Day thing, it's it's just, you know, in perspective a game of netball and you, you walk off the court and your mates again, you move on. Catherine Cox from the Melbourne Vixens. There's one game this evening to complete round nine with the all-New Zealand clash between the Tactics and the Mystics in Canterbury. Well, that's all we have time for on the Netball Show today. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Tucker for ABC Grandstand. For the latest sports results and broadcast schedule, visit abc.net.au slash grandstand.